talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome back. Welcome in to View from the West podcast. We're here. We're back. We're ready to start talking about the fall football season for 2021. Once again, I'm joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, we talked all spring about how short this offseason was going to be for the football teams and the players and the coaches. But I don't think me and you were expecting how short it was going to be for us because here we are again and we're you feel like we're in scramble mode to get ready for football again already but that's a good thing I think yeah we're just we're the lucky ones that just get to talk about it but for the players that uh, that didn't graduate and they're just it's the shortest uh, return to form that they probably ever needed to have and probably in say history that this is the quickest that the next season has really uh, come about so uh, exciting times for sure and we're, we're getting real close practice high school football practice has started this week that's why we're back podcasting because things are happening. Things are moving. So it's a ton of fun. Um, thank you, everyone who's listening, who's uh, joining in with us right now. Um, you can follow us on Twitter if you're not already, at ViewFromWestPod. That's on Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search View from the West Podcast. You can find us on there. We have video, um, you know, coaches' interviews from last year, but also some UniView uh, breakdowns from the conferences that we cover. If you're new to the podcast, View to the West, basically we are covering the Western side of the state of Illinois. We're covering the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, Lincoln Trail Conference, the Northwest Upstate Illini. And, you know, if there's good, uh, you know, stories or teams tucked in between, we'll find time to talk about them. But I would say those conferences are the ones we're going to hit the hardest. Mitch, we're here on the doorstep of not just a football season, but it's back. It's a full yep. football season, nine games plus playoffs. You know, we started this a year ago, not even a year ago. We started this in the spring just to kind of jump back in and talk football, but it was muted. It, you know, it was kind of a, you know, a half season, but this is the real deal. Man, it's exciting to think about all of the stuff coming up. Yeah, um, and we talked about it so many times Uh I'll say last season, but it was just a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On, on how fortunate we were just to have have football at all in any sort of form, whether it was six games, some teams only played four. But now those teams that were really looking good uh, in the spring could play up to, what what is it, 15? So, yeah, um, yeah they're at least going to get nine, uh, hopefully, you know, barring any, any changes. So, uh, yeah, this is, is truly an exciting time and, and uh, better late than never because it's good to be back. Yeah, exactly. I, I I was excited last spring when we got, you know, to talk about football, but now it just, everything is so much more, you know, amped up when you start talking about, man, it's, it's all back. It's all the things we want. It's the, it's the conference races, it's the playoffs, it's everything. So, you know, we'll, we'll jump right in. There are some changes, you know, around yeah. the landscape of the Western side of the state, Western big six, they remain the same. It's the, the same eight teams that you've come to expect the last couple of years with Sterling and Geneseo joining, you know, the traditional Western big six conference, but the other conferences that we follow, you know, it's like anything else. There's a changing landscape. We'll start in the three rivers. They are still divided by the Mississippi and the rock divisions, but those divisions have altered a little bit. So we'll start going through. We'll start with the Mississippi. The Mississippi now consists of, Kiwani, Bureau Valley, Mendota, who's new to the conference, St. Mm -hmm. Bede, Princeton, 
Spring Valley Hall and Sterling Newman. So the conference is now much more geographic based, whereas in the past it was more big school, small school. So we'll look over now to the Rock Division, which consists of Erie Prophetstown, Monmouth Roseville, Morrison, Orion, Riverdale, Sherrard, and Rock Ridge. So you get back that, um, you know, Sherrard, Rock Ridge, Orion, even Erie Prophetstown being thrown in there, close by rivals, natural rivals in the Three Rivers. I think that's a good thing. And also yeah. on the other side of things, you know, you keep those Kiwani, Princeton, and also even throwing Bureau Valley in there. That Princeton, Bureau Valley, they're not far away either, you know. And also you start talking about um, Hall and Princeton, a, a lot of good you know, local rivalries. So I think it's, it's good. And I think it's going to be a competitive balance there in the three rivers. If we move along the Lincoln trail conference, they also look a little different heading into this fall season. So last year, if you remember, they had Ottawa Marquette jumped in as kind of a fill-in school just for the spring, but that was all in waiting for now, Abingdon Avon and Knoxville joined the Lincoln Trail Conference. So, Ab Abingdon Avon and Knoxville joined Mercer County, Ridgewood, Anawan Weathersfield, Monmouth United. Uh, Rova is now a co op with Williamsfield. Galva has now moved to eight man football. So, that's a little change in that co op. And then Princeville and Stark County. Man, when you look through that conference, it just seems like Abingdon Avon and Knoxville are the perfect fit. Mm -hmm. Like yep. they should have always been there. This yep. seems perfect. And I know they're not the traditional schools that have been in the Lincoln trail. When you go back and look at, you know, the old Lincoln trail conference, but this seems perfect. This seems like a perfect fit at the right time. And a couple of good uniforms coming yeah, into right. the conference. That's right. And uh, that's what's most important. Right. Yep. I think it's going to be great. I think the Lincoln Trail is going to be a really competitive conference when you toss those schools in the mix. I did look ahead. Abingdon Avon and Knoxville will play in week eight. They're traditionally a week eight or week nine matchup. That's an old historic rivalry. Mm -hmm. So those two able to join together in the conference keeps that rivalry together, which, which is great. I love that. And just, you know, the Lincoln Trail is competitive year in and year out. I think you're going to see some really good football out of those teams joining the mix. Let's go to the Northwest Upstate Illini now. A lot of moving and shaking in that conference as well. When you start looking at the fact that some teams have moved to eight-man football. Mm -hmm. So we'll start with the 11-man division now. And it now consists of Dakota, East Dubuque, Forreston, Fulton. They're the new one to join. They left the... Three Rivers, who they yep. had been there forever. Mitch, you remember, you're a, a Morrison guy. Fulton had been around the, the Three Rivers for, you know, going back to the 70s. So yeah. this is a big change. But before we get too sidetracked, I think it's a good fit, right, for Fulton? Yeah. Um, you know, a, a traditional small school powerhouse football team uh, joins a rough, tough, <laughs> running you know, running dominated, so to speak. There's a couple teams that throw anymore, but yeah, uh, I look at it really, and like you said, we'll get into it. A very good compliment to a Lee Win team, a ground and pound traditional power. So yeah, if they had to move from the track eight, which as unfortunate as that is, uh, going to the NUIC is just a, is a perfect fit, like you said. Yeah, I think so. So we'll, we'll go back. Dakota, East Dubuque, Forreston, Fulton, Galena, 
Eastland, Pearl City, Lena Winslow, Dupec, and Stockton. The one team that's not in this mix that should be in the future is West Carroll. They don't have the numbers at the varsity level or at the junior and senior level. So they decided to play a JV schedule. So they're not in the varsity standings. So it makes for a little bit of a unique mix where each team is going to get one non-conference game. But like we talked about last year with Kyle Kampmeyer from NUIC.com, the thing, the dynamic that changes here in the NUIC is that now you have every team playing everybody. There's, so there's going to be no question across, you know, well, this team in this division didn't play this team from this division, so who was really the best? Right. Now there will be no question left at the end, and we'll get into it a little bit later. I think you're going to see, of course, why do I even have to say it? You're going to see some great football in the Northwest Upstate Illini with Fulton joining with teams like Dupec, Galena, Stockton, and oh yeah, Lena Winslow, you know, right. Forreston, you know, those guys in the mix. It's this is just such a good football conference. Right. And well, that, it kind of reminds me of back, back when I played in the three rivers and it was only uh, a 10 team conference. And so it was only one division. You played all nine and they were all conference games. And it just made it feel like every game meant a little bit more because you were fighting to get that fifth win just to qualify for playoffs. And you were really fighting to get that sixth win to auto qualify. So, yep. um, yeah, when we talk about reshuffling and, and teams moving elsewhere, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, I guess when we're thinking about college, it's more bad for the sport. But in high school, like in, in this situation, it's really going to make that conference competitive, still competitive, even while they lost some teams. So really looking forward to seeing how that, uh, how that whole plays out. Yeah, I just, I just love the idea of there's no question at the end of the year who the best team is. We're going we're yeah. to find out. I mean, sure, you're going to have teams that may end up at, you know, the same record, but in theory, you know, everybody's going to play everybody. So it's, yep. you know, I, I love the way that and plays could, out. Yeah, and you could get four or five teams going to the playoffs out of that conference. And, and really, yeah. based on the competition, make a run. So, yeah, can't wait to see it. And at the end of the year, if you're a team from anywhere around the state, do you want to see a five and four team out of the NUIC that had to play right. the likes of Forreston, Lena Winslow, Dupec? Like, right. That's going to be yeah. a tough out in the playoffs. Right. You, you see that a lot with the bigger schools, like teams that play in Chicago, um, who come in with a five and four record and they're a 16 seed or, or whatever it is, and they play a one seed. And you see those upsets happen a lot because they're playing in such a tough conference. And they might play an undefeated team who, who may or may not be worthy of that. Yep. And you, you can see it as an upset, but it certainly isn't one because that's a quality football team. And I think, yeah, that the possibilities of that happening are really going to come through with that conference. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, let's look down to, uh, you know, some new faces in some new places. We got head coaches yep. around the area. Um, I, you know, going down this list, we're going to go through it real quick. But Mitch, when I went through the list, like, I, I love, I think every one of these schools made a great hire. And mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that to try to appease listeners. I really <laughs> believe it. We'll go through the list. And I, and I think I have some reasons to back up. Like, I yep. like every one of these hires. So mm -hmm. we'll go through them here. We'll start in the Western Big Six. Rock Island Allman hires Fritz Deudone. I hope I get the name right. I've been practicing all day. But Fritz Deudone, man, his resume, he comes in with so much experience, not just at the high school level either. He's been the defensive coordinator the last few years at Rock Island, but he's mm -hmm. also coached at several other area high schools, including teams in the Western Big Six. 
He coached at St. Ambrose at the collegiate level, and he also coached for the Quad City Steam Wheelers. He was an assistant for their indoor football team in the Quad Cities. So mm-hmm. he's got so much varying experience that I think he's a first-time head coach, but this is a really good hire for Alleman. Yeah, um, and not just experience football-wise, but and, and even at different levels. It's experience in the quad city. So he knows the type of kids that he's going to have. Um, and for Allman to get back in track in such a tough conference like the WB6, uh, yeah, like you said, what a, what a great hire to, to lead them uh, to their next uh, phase of development. Yep, absolutely. We'll keep going down the list. Uh, Galesburg has a new head coach in Derek Blackwell. Another, I think this is another really good hire. He's a um, Galesburg high school graduate. Went to Galesburg High School, played football there. He's been a longtime assistant, and he stepped in in June. So it's, I mean, he's had a quick turnaround to try to make this thing happen. But reading some of the articles out there, you know, he's getting things in place. And I think the good thing is for him is that he's been an assistant. You know, they're not, I don't guess, going to try to reinvent the wheel. They're going to keep, you know, things he knows, things the players are comfortable with, things he's comfortable with. But also he's got talent there. You know, we talked about last year, we were really excited about Galesburg throughout that spring season. I think there's a lot of talented pieces returning. So for a first time head coach coming in, I think that's valuable assets to have. So, you know, I'm curious to see what he can do in the Western big six. We'll keep moving along into the three rivers, two uh, hires in the three rivers. The big one that really stood out to me was uh, Sherrard hires Brandon Johnston. Yeah. who was the longtime head coach at Anawa on the Weathersfield. He was actually the first coach or the first coach that program had when they became a co-op. He was there for 10 years and he really kind of established what that program is today as powerful and as top tier as they are in the, you know, smaller school division around the state. He kind of set the tone for that. He, um, he went to Moline for the last few years as, as an assistant coach and now, you know, jump back into the head coaching ranks. I think this is a great hire for Sherrard. Yeah, um, a Sherrard team, which, if I'm mistaken, went three and three or four and two. I with, believe they were with, four and two last year, yeah. Yeah, with, with really low numbers. So yep. um, you hope to see that happen with that program because they're going to now have a coach that can give them the tools to do that. So, yeah, like you said, um, of all the hires, not to, not to rank them, but certainly maybe one of the more intriguing ones because it's a guy with so much experience. Uh, with a program looking to take that next step in a tough conference. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do because like we talked about, that Sherrard team had success last year, but I think they graduated a lot. I think they were a very senior-laden team. And going back, you know, huge credit to those seniors who made the most of an opportunity for a Sherrard program that had struggled over the past few years to take Mm -hmm. the most of what they had in six games and make it work. And now to come in for the kids who were there last year and saw it, to come in with that excitement of a new head coach, yeah. a coach with this much, you know, background and this much right. on his resume. I think that's really exciting. Yep. We move along to uh, Morrison. Morrison also hires a new head coach in Steve Snyder. He comes from Orangeville and actually yep. he's a product of Orangeville. He grew up there, was there, you know, coaching and had success with the Orangeville program, you know, kind of takes a leap of faith or, you know, takes that move, um, you know, kind of challenge himself, I think a little bit makes that move to Morrison. I think, again, this is a good fit because Mm -hmm. Orangeville, he had success there. And when he was there, 
they're obviously, you know, a small school in the NUIC. I think they were one of the smallest 11-man football teams in the state of Illinois when he was coaching them. And he brought them to the playoffs, I think, at right. least once, maybe twice. So if you're doing that with the numbers issues that you're going to run into it at Orangeville, I think that bodes well for you moving to Morrison. Morrison's numbers, you know, we've talked about over the years, they've had their issues as well, but I think they're going to have a few more, you know, than maybe Orangeville had over those time. So I'm excited to see what he can do there in Morrison. Yeah. Um, uh, like you said, a coach that is uh, used to coaching small school football um, and has had success there. And so that's really what Morrison's going to need because um, they're, they're just, uh, take away the spring season, but they're a season away from going to the quarterfinals. So, yeah. um, you know, the spring season, it's hard to say if their numbers were down just because of the class or because of, of any COVID, you know, issues, but, um, and, I, and I'm not sure what their depth is going to look like this year, but mm-hmm. at least kind of like we've talked about with, with, uh, Galesburg and, and, uh, Sherrard, you get a coach in place that's used to maybe overcoming some challenges because he's gone through it before. It's really going to make that transition a lot quicker. Uh, and more seamless for for kids who are either new to the program or, or uh, like you said, coming off of that tough spring session. Yep. Let's move down to the um, Lincoln Trail Conference. And the one that really, I think, surprised a lot of people, um, Logan Willits uh, was the head coach at Anwan Weathersfield, ended up having to step away from that coaching job. And I believe it was um, a family situation where um, his family, his wife was moving towards the Peoria area. So they weren't going to be in um, Anwan mm-hmm. or Kiwani anymore. So um, he is now, I believe, a coordinator at Dunlap. So he, okay. he certainly landed in a great spot. He's a talented coach. You know, he's going to do great things. Yeah. But the Anawan Weathersfield Titans go with Tony Grip. He was a longtime assistant. He was actually an Anawan Weathersfield standout quarterback back in 2011 and 2012. So he takes over. And I think that this is another great hire. Like I said, all these, yeah. I like them all because this one is a guy who's been through the pipeline. He played under Coach Johnston. He then was an assistant with Logan Willits and now is taking that head coaching role. They didn't have to go out and hire somebody outside the system they right. kind of keep it in that same pipeline. And I think that's very important for consistency and for keeping players who are knowledgeable of the system and athletic enough to just make things happen. They step right in and make it and get it done. Right. Uh, kind of the same situation as, uh, as Galesburg with, uh, with Coach Blackwell coming in. Um, went through the Galesburg system and, he, and he's still there. So, uh, yeah, as good as a program as, as uh, Anna and Weathersfield is to be able to replace – experience with experience so to speak um you know that's gonna as we talked about with morrison allowing them to make that transition pretty seamlessly and quickly um and and really even speaking of those two schools the same situation that you'll get into with forreston uh you know hiring a familiar name within the system yeah so that leads me right into the uh, northwest upstate illini forreston makes a head coaching change they bring in kenan janicki who replaces Kyle Zick. Kyle Zick had all kinds of success at Forreston. I mean, obviously the Forreston program has been successful for multiple, multiple years now, you know, in in recent times. But Zick will remain as athletic director and one of the assistant coaches, which I think is huge for for Janicki stepping in as coach. But Janicki's a Forreston graduate. He's been a Cardinals assistant since 2016. Again, it's just it's that consistency like you referenced. It's bringing somebody in that's a familiar face to these kids. And with a program like that, like 
if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, like you bring in this guy, he knows what to do. He knows what he's done and he'll, he'll keep it moving. I have no doubt Forreston will remain right up in the top of the standings. Yeah. And that's always going to be an interesting dynamic when you have a former coach, you know, staying on the staff. Cause yeah, all all the, you know, everything good about that with continuity and things is great, but you always kind of wonder, okay, was he going to let the new coach do this? Is he going to suggest new things? But in my experience, when in Morrison, when uh, Scott Rickles decided to step down, they brought in Corey Bielema, Coach Rickles stayed on staff and they won two state titles. So yeah, for a program like Forreston, like you said, they've been, you know, uh, good for years, go back decades if you want. Um, you hope something similar is going to be, is going to happen there. Um, and, and they can get back to that top rank in that conference. So yeah, exciting, exciting hire there. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you see, a head coach step down, I think a part of it is they want to be able to hand off some of that responsibility, you know, to somebody who's eager and excited to kind of mold it and make it their own. So I think like you've talked about with your experience in Morrison, I think that's what I see here too, is that Zick is willing to, he trusts, you know, Janicki to step in, take the lead role, and he can be there for advice. And certainly I'm sure that they will rely on each other but at the end of the day, I think that there's that, you know, there's that trust. That's why yeah. him as athletic director made the choice to hire, you know, to hire yeah. Janicki. So I, I think that that's, you know, again, that's a great hire. Those, those are a list of the new head coaches. And like I said, I think we've proven through discussion that all those hires are good. And I'm excited mm. to see what they can all, what they can all do. All right. Well, Mitch, we come to the point of the podcast where we give our viewpoints Normally, you know, week to week, we give our viewpoints of what stood out from the previous week's games and, you know, what is on our minds. This week, we're going to, you know, to start the football season, we're going to go with some of the viewpoints to overview the season, to see what we have looking forward to and, you know, what we're excited about. I'll take the lead. Sure. My first viewpoint, Mitch, is who wins the Western Big Six? It's maybe not a viewpoint. It's a question. Yeah. Who wins the Western Big Six? Because I honestly think you can make an argument for five, maybe six teams. I yep. really do. If you start going through the list, I think Sterling is right in that mix. Yep. Rock Island is right in that mix. Moline, with the talent that they returned from last year and kind of the potential you saw, are yep. right in that mix. United Township, with what they were able to prove last year, even with a little bit of turnover on their roster, I still think that there's enough positive momentum. They're right in the mix. They're a threat week in and week out. You know, they're now somebody that you can't look past anymore. Obviously not. But then you start looking through, don't ever count out what Quincy and Coach Little does down there in Quincy. They're they're always a team that's in the mix. I think now we're still going Galesburg. The amount of talent they have returning – for the flashes we saw last year of what that team could be. Yep. And I think they're right there too. And, you know, Geneseo, I think depending on health and what position players they have in place, they showed right. signs of being very potentially a yep. very dangerous team. That only leaves, the only team I haven't brought up is Alleman. And my only hesitation is I've heard numbers are very down. So mm-hmm. it would take a lot. I mean, it would take some really good football for them to, and some also some luck with, with injuries and health for them to compete. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm right. saying that's the one that, I, that I'm iffy on. But man, you start going down the list. Who, where do you go? Where does your head go, Mitch? Who do you think? 
I'm, I'm thinking back at all the times that we talked about the Western Big Six during the spring because, like you said, that was it was United Township's show during the spring. And yep. as, uh, as unexpected as it was to maybe people outside the program, now you, you answer the question is where do you go from that losing streak that they endured for so long to going 6-0 in the spring? Now it's how do you sustain it? So interesting to see, like you said, with the turnover, Kane Smith's not there anymore. Um, what, what are they going to look like? Sterling brings back a lot of players that were playing as sophomores. So they're not only going to have eligibility left, but they're going to have maybe two years of eligibility left, you know, in some, in some spots. Um, yeah. Geneseo, they, they installed that new offense last year. So, you know, I think they went three and three in the spring. Yep. And so, like you said, personnel, you never know. We'll see. Um, yeah, my mind's just racing because it is wide open. And I think we even said it at the end of the spring that just after, right after the season concluded, we said, okay, well, when we get to the fall, we're not really sure who we're going to have as a favorite because you could make a case for every single, every single team in there. And it's just going to have to be left up to Friday nights to really determine it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be as exciting as any Western Big Six season I can remember and I've, I've been around here for, you know, almost 20 years. So I just, it really is. And it, it's just because it seems like there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of teams that are vying for that top spot. And I really think it's going to make for some really good football and man, some great discussion throughout the year on, well, this team beat this team, but then this team turned around and beat them. And it's just going to be a whole bunch of circling yeah. around. I don't, think anyone's going to run away with this conference in no right. way shape or form right and, and i should i should say because the two teams i didn't touch on um at least what i would call contenders no disrespect to any teams i didn't mention but you go back to rock island and moline um now that i'm thinking about it and yeah. we're not going to re-edit this <laughs> I, would, I would put moline at my at my my preseason favorite just with what they bring back at, at quarterback and receiver and that offense, because like Geneseo, they were kind of, kind of tooling around with some new offensive uh, philosophies or units or players. Yep. Uh, and playing younger guys in the spring because it, you know, quote unquote, didn't matter too much to get ready for this fall session. Um, Rocky went through some, uh, yep. some injuries at the quarterback position early in the spring. Those are gone. Um, so, yeah, again, that doesn't answer really what I said previously, <laughs> that you can make a case for any of the six teams. Um, but now that I had 30 seconds to think about it, I'll say I, I, would, I like Moline this year. Okay. Um, just because of the personnel that they brought back, and, and Coach Morrissey has that team ready to go uh, and continue what they started uh, in, in the spring. All right, well, fine. I'll, I'll go. I'll go rivalry against you then. I, I say I'm going Rock Island then as my right. as my early season pick to win the Big Six. If you're if you're gonna pin one down, I'll do it too. So I'll just, go Rocky just, and you go. Moldy. Yeah, we just put we we put up some uh, bulletin board material there for all the other teams <laughs> in the conference, and all the other coaches are gonna be declining interviews because we picked that's, them. But that's, you know, yep. that's all right, part, that's, that's what, what we, we do. do that's what we have to do on this show. It's just we have to we have to do it. Absolutely, that's right. All right, Mitch, where are you going? What's your first viewpoint? Let's, let's stay with what I'm familiar with and really where there is a lot of changes this year in the three rivers. Um, you're bringing out or you're taking out a Fulton team, which was really good in, yeah. in the spring, really good. 
Um, I think they graduated. I think Connor Barnett is gone, their quarterback, but I think their running backs are back. And they had like two or three guys who were 100-yard threats every single week. So to take them out of the conference um, and, and replace them with Mendota, who is bringing back a three-year starter at quarterback and a couple other guys who have started – well, this, this will be their third year. Sure, yeah. In, incoming two-year starters, I should say. Um, so a very experienced Mendota team. You look at teams of, let's say, Princeton, where the name of the team was Rondé Worlds for so long. Yeah. Now he's graduated. He's up at DeKalb. And so I, I saw, uh, I believe it was an article where Coach Pearson said that they're going to be a little bit more adaptable this year to their, to their skill set. They do have uh, an experienced player coming in to quarterback with Tegan Davis, played wide out last year, a dynamic player. And so now you throw him into the mix at a new position. And that team, the, the makeup of that team is going to look a lot different. So uh, a team that has dominated the Three Rivers, uh, again, a conference where you – two divisions where, uh, you know, you're not going to have that one true champion like we're going to see elsewhere. But you look at, like, Rock Ridge undefeated in the spring. You look at Newman. What are they going to bring back? They only played four games last year. Uh, Morrison, Sherrard, Mendota, Orion, Riverdale, Bureau Valley, whoever, all the, all the teams in that. It is such a good conference, yep. you know, from, t- from top to bottom in terms of, of names. But who is going to – like we did with Moline, for me, what does Rock Ridge look like? Can they sustain what they did? Because I think that they will. They certainly have the personnel all coming back. That, that was a team that I was really, you know, saddened that we didn't have a playoff in place because I think they would have made a run in, yep. in 2A, I believe, is what, they're, what they would have been in. What I like about the Three Rivers this year is that, um, you know, like you said, with, with Worlds being gone out of the mix there, you know, it it's becomes the dynamic of Newman and Princeton on the one side of the division, mm-hmm. but then in the other division is – can Rock Ridge keep doing what they did last year? You know, like, cause I think we've talked about there, there's a path to their success there, you know, they, yeah. th- but they got to keep it up. So I think right. there's, there's not as many knowns this year as maybe we had last year going into the three rivers. So that makes for, you know, some really exciting stuff. Mitch, I'm going to the Northwest of state Illini from my next viewpoint. My question, another question for my viewpoint is, yeah, who can dethrone Lena Winslow in the Northwest Upstate Illini? Do you have an answer? The, the rest <laughs> of the conference has been trying to answer that for a couple <laughs> yeah. of years. You know, in, in terms of Lee, Lee Wynn, it's theirs until someone takes it. Teams that I, I like, um, obviously, friends of the show, Dupec, I really like what they're bringing back. Yep. Um, I think that they have a legitimate shot to to take you know take a shot at that the top of that conference we've mentioned them a handful of times already I like Fulton I like Fulton to at least be a player in that conversation and again we don't know what teams are going to look like just yet it's still early yep um so we're, we're kind of going off of of spring information but hopefully that was enough but I still think that Lee Wynn will probably win because they have proven that that's all that they do in that conference <laughs> so you know uh, can can Dakota get back to what they used to be? There, there are so many names. And now, like you said, or that we talked about earlier, now you don't get to skip anybody. Now you yeah. have to play all the other teams in your conference. And so 
There's no debate as to who the best will be. For me, though, I do think it will be Lee Wynn. If there's anybody who could, I would say it would be Dupec or Fulton. Okay, interesting. I think when you're going through this list, I think Forreston would have something to say in this conversation, too. Because when you start talking about what teams have done it, what teams have knocked off Lena Winslow, Forreston is a team who's done it. You know, right. they've, won the, they've won the state championships. They've, they've beaten Lee Wynn to get to the state championship games. Yep. So I think that's a program that has it in their pedigree to do it. So I'll be interested to see if this team is one of those stronger Forest and teams. And I hope it is, because then yep. I think that really makes this conference everything that it is. It, it, it puts it right up there always as the top of the top when you talk about 1A schools or even just conferences around the state. It's one of the best in the state. So yep. the other school, um, Galena. Galena had a good year last year, mm-hmm. um, depending on what pieces they have back and if they're ready to go. Like, can they, can they make a push towards being that, you know, that top dog in the conference? But like you said, that's, that's kind of why I posed the question because it's, right. it's run through Lena Winslow for so long and they, they look to be just as good. You know, mm-hmm. the, I mean, last year they were a very good football team and that was with injuries throughout the year. Right. So you get right. those kids back and hopefully they're ready to go. And I think that, you know, this, it's, it's Lena Winslow, I think, that starts the conversation and other teams are trying to get to them to knock them off. Mm-hmm. I think, I think yep. that's the way – that's the way that conference runs, at least going into this year. All right, Mitch, what's your next viewpoint? Let's go to let's go to the Lincoln Trail here, Greg. Because yep. um, we talked about the changes that are, are going on at Anna One Weathersfield. And we talked about Tony Grip coming in as, as the head coach. What we haven't discussed yet. Yeah. Is maybe you could you could include him in the ranks of, of the best athletes in illinois history that's you, not you, yes that's it, not an overstatement nope. no no I, I mean i think he was all state in all three sports how do you replace colton quagliano like uh, just how do you do it yeah you, you know I, he was there for so long and, and it, his his records are, are numerous and you know we could we could go back and and try and find all those numbers because i think it was <laughs> 10,000 some all-purpose yards or something in 100 touchdowns like something crazy yeah so I think I think the Titans are four-time defending champs of the Lincoln Trail I think um Um, yeah is it four or five Uh, Princeville won one in there somewhere so is there an opening in that conference where like we just talked about in the NUIC where Lee Wynn has been so dominant for so long here comes A.W who has been that team, new coach, new, or well, new quarterback, obviously, but you're also losing Mr. Everything. So yeah. What is the makeup of that team going to look like? Cause you just, you never know. I think what I really like though, is that Tony grip was a high school quarterback. So yeah. if there's any area of expertise, like he should be able to coach the next quarterback. Right. And the other thing is sure. Quagliano's gone, but man, his impact on the program for four years to get in the heads of those younger kids who watched him play right. and watched him study and right. work out and everything he did to get better and to put that program where it was or to keep it where it was. I think all those things are good too. They're, they're kind of yeah. those X factors of like, 
he's not here anymore, but his influence certainly is felt on the program. And I think everybody would agree. I think Tony Grip would agree, certainly. So you're right, though. It's, it's an interesting, for being a top-tier program, they're going through a coaching change and such a dynamic, you know, that they have to overcome the loss of such a dynamic player at quarterback, which had been a mainstay for three years. So, um, and, 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 you know, to be fair, I, I don't personally know what was behind him in the depth chart. So I don't want to, you know, uh, yep. make it seem like I, that there isn't someone who will replace him. I just don't know, but that those are big shoes to fill is really my point. Yep. Yep. I think it goes similar to what we just talked about with Lena Winslow. I think when you look through this conference, so all the other teams around the conference have to look at Anawan Weathersfield and say, how do we knock them off? I think Princeville's been really good. They're mm-hmm. right there. Um, but I think there's, you know, historically Stark County, Mercer County, uh, Ridgewood had a year last year where they beat Anawan Weathersfield actually, but then, you know, had a couple other slip ups where they couldn't keep themselves in the contention for the conference title. But how do those teams keep up? And the other, the other X factor is now Knoxville moves in. Right. And right. they're a very good football team. They're yeah. a very good program. And, you know, a lot of the Lincoln Trail is familiar with them, but they haven't been in conference play. So, right. you know, that's another dynamic too. Man, there's, there's a lot of storylines. There's a lot of fun heading these are into. Great, yeah, these are great problems to have for you and me because it's just <laughs> man, talking points all, all year. Absolutely, absolutely. Mitch, my next viewpoint, I'm talking about eight-man football in the view from the West you know, viewing area or our listening area here. It's getting really exciting because a lot of the teams that we referenced before that in the NUIC who had moved down to eight-man football, including Amboy, Ashton Franklin Center, Aquin, Polo, Milledgeville, Orangeville, River Ridge, and then a few other teams that were formerly in the Lincoln Trail, West Central, and Galva. Now, there's just each year the eight-man movement is growing more and more. And it's yeah. finding it's becoming a better fit for these smaller schools that were struggling with numbers. Right. And I know it's not, it's not 11 man football, but man, it's going to be really exciting. And I, I'm excited to see how it plays out in this area where we don't have one or two teams traveling across the state to play teams. We don't really know. These are all local rivalries, especially formerly Northwest upstate Illini teams playing each other. Right. It's going to be great. And from what I've, you know, from what I've seen over the years, I've covered a few eight man games. You kind of forget that you're watching eight man football. I mean, right. it's faster that, you know, you get some bigger explosive plays more often, but ultimately like it's still football. And I think if it's a better fit for these programs, I'm excited to watch it in this area. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, even if you go back to, you know, back when, when we were in school uh, or certainly even when we uh, worked at the highlight zone together, it was kind of just, eight-man football like what, you know what what is that yeah. you would see I think Iowa has had it for a while and yep I think they even play like six-man football in some states but as more and more teams do it in Illinois and more and more quality teams do it in Illinois absolutely it should it should absolutely be embraced and I, I don't know correct me if I'm wrong they don't play it at the state finals yet but they absolutely should because if you've never seen it it's a lot of fun. And like you said, you just, it, it, you would never miss the, the six players on the field, uh, you know, after a while, after watching it. So um, it's something that Illinois, at least, in, at least for the teams that we cover, that list of teams that play, man, is probably going to continue to grow. 
or you see teams that are going to be in that same predicament that might have to merge. So it's something that the area should be embracing because it's, it's, it's necessary for some of these teams to keep playing because that's what's really important. Um, but it's, it's, still, it's still really good football. Yeah, that's what I – I just think that it's, it's, it's to the point where it's necessary. You know, a lot of these schools, maybe they could have tried to make a go of it at 11-man, but at what, at what risk, honestly, mm-hmm. to some extent? But also, like, why? You know, why push it if the option is there? And I'm right. hoping the IHSA starts to recognize the teams that are now joining and you can get it sanctioned as a state final – and they yeah. should be playing in DeKalb or in Champaign the same yep. way that a 1A team should be. I, I really, I don't see any reason they shouldn't be. I'm just excited to see how these local rivalries play out. You know, the first one in week one, Milledgeville placed Polo, and they weren't able yeah. to play uh, last year because the difference between 8-man and 11-man. So to get that rivalry back in week one, you know both schools are going to be excited for that, and it's going to yeah. be a huge atmosphere for those small school teams. All right, Mitch. We got one more, and I think we agree on our last viewpoint. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, uh, maybe the one that we're, we're maybe most excited about to finally be even thinking about is who is going to make – not who, but which teams. Which teams are going to make runs in the playoffs that are finally playoffs. back? Playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> finally back. Uh, so now we get to, to think about – our favorite teams that could make a run. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll take, yep. I'll take one. I'll take one from each conference. Then you can do the same. All right. Sounds good. Uh, to make a run in the Western big six, I will say Moline. Okay. Yep. In the three rivers, depending on where some teams fall into the qualification. Cause I know that came out, but I didn't see it. I'll say Newman, Lincoln Trail. Despite everything, I'll still say Allen Weathersfield. No, nope, Knoxville. Uh-oh. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it to Knoxville because oh, I think they okay. will. I right. think they will make. I think they will not only make an impact in the conference, but they will. They will be able to be a a strong team uh, come late October, November. Yeah. NUIC. I will say. Lee wins the easy answer. So That's I'll say <laughs> I'll say Dupec. Cause yeah. I like Dupec. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, because we're right on the topic of uh Northwest Upstate Illini, I'll go out on a limb and say Lena Winslow. They have a shot to make to make a run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But way to, way I, to if, go out. <laughs> if I'm being you know, also though, um, I would say I would say Fulton as well. Yeah, I think if Fulton gets the right draw and if they're going to be battle-tested coming out of the NUIC, I like Fulton. Um, going back up to the top to the uh, Western Big Six, let's go Rock Island. Let's mm-hmm. see what they can do. You know, I, I think we saw some flashes of some big-time offense. And, man, if they can get the right draw and if they can get uh, the pieces in place, I think that's a team that could be really dangerous. You know, Ben Hammer could get that team moving in the right direction. Um, I'm, I'm still going um, Princeton in the three rivers. I think that's just a solid program and I'm really excited. We'll talk more about it in the next couple weeks when we break down more of the conference team previews, but with Tegan Davis, I think that mixes things up. They're not going to be quite as like power ground and then 
play action pass. I think they're going to be way more dynamic, you know, quarterback run and kind of the more option type looks. So I like that one in Lincoln trail. I'm saying Anwan Weathersfield. Yeah. I, I just think, yeah, they're, they're a program again, that's built for it. So yeah, I think to, that's to, kinda... add, to add another name to three rivers, yeah. Rockridge. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's another one that um, they, they look so good in the spring that, yep. You know, I think that they're primed to be there too. So, yep. Mitch, that's that's a look at 2021, the fall season here. I keep saying 2021, yeah. we've already played a season in 2021. But well, well, we keep saying last year, and it was four <laughs> months ago. So exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, we're we're back on track here. Fall 2021, right around the corner. Teams are already practicing. It's a ton of excitement. Mitch, thanks so much for joining yeah. me today. And uh, to everyone listening, um, you know, keep tuning in, uh, you know, keep us uh, subscribed to View from the West podcast, you know, anywhere you download podcasts. We're going to do some conference previews. We'll kind of go team by team and break some things down a little bit. And also, Mitch, people got to keep in, uh, you know, keep in mind, we still have to make our definitive top 10 UniView rankings. So we're going to take the teams that we picked from each conference and whittle it down to the best 10. So that's another podcast that's going to be coming out. So listen for that one as well. Um, But hey, thanks so much for being here. To everyone, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, you know, we'll see you in the next couple weeks with a lot of previews and a lot more football to talk about. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week you can follow along on twitter at view from west pod you can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor view from west pod at gmail.com thanks so much we'll see you next week